This is Tess Pelicano from the Connecticut Filmmakers Workshop, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. In three, two, one, action. Hello and welcome back to Fade In, a show where we follow the life and times of a ragtag group of filmmakers making stories on screen and over the podcast airways. I am your host, Tess Pelicano. Among other things, I am a producer and writer for the Connecticut Filmmakers Workshop. My guests today are writer-director Roger Aylward. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Tess. Hi, Roger. (laughs) And a newcomer to CFW and Fade In, an actor, writer, director, Danny Aguilar. How's it going, guys? Representing Chile, Colombia. Woo! See, that's how you intro yourself. (laughs) See, I want to do mine again now. (laughs) So welcome, guys. We're so excited to have you here today. Uh, In this episode, we'll be talking about the process of writing for film. So before we get started, Danny, I'm going to have you kind of give our audience a brief intro, who the heck you are, because you're new to us and brand spanking new to our audience. Awesome. Well, it is. My name is Daniel Aguilar. Uh, I am 21. I am Colombian and Chilean, as you heard. What else? I am a film major at Norwood Community College. I write, I act, and I direct. When I was 17, I wanted to act, but I was too shy. So. <laughs> He's really got a script. There you go. I'm reading a script. Reading no, I'm not reading a script. I'm fine. I know, but I, yeah, when I was 17, um, yeah, I was very shy. I really wanted to do it, but then like people were like, what? don't do acting. It's scary. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, <laughs> and I, an English teacher that I know, he told me, Danny, man up and go act. And yeah. I did that and never looked back since. What draws you to acting? Why do you want to be an actor? When I was a kid, I would love to use my imagination. Like, say, for example, uh, me and my friend would always play uh, soldiers. So we would pretend to be soldiers. I'd get a stick, pretend the gun was a stick, or the stick was a gun. And, pretend uh, the gun was a the stick. The gun was a gun was a stick, the stick was a gun, yeah. <laughs> and now uh, we would pretend we would be in the battlefield and, like, run and have fun and stuff like that. I, like, I would pretend I wanted to be an astronaut, uh, pilot, air pilot, whatever the hell. Uh, what else? Uh, just the different stuff. And I guess that that feeling when I, when you're a kid, freedom, basically. So, like, I wanted to keep that feeling. And I think, think about it. You could be anything you wanted to be. You could be a knight. You could be a pilot. You could be a spaceship driver. I guess I'm going to say it again. Uh, an astronaut, <laughs> I mean. But, yeah, you know. So, cool. So, do you go to school for um, film right now? Yeah, I, I went for four years to film and TV class. But your main thing that you want to do is be an actor. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I realize now, like, it's, there's, um, acting I still want to do, but, like, writing and directing is a whole different ballgame because it's using your creativity to create something new that no one's ever done before, which is a pretty cool thing, I think so. Yeah, that's why, I think yeah. that's why we all love writing. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're here to talk about today, so. <laughs> so great segue, Danny. Awesome. So, um, yeah, let's get right into it. Okay. I want to talk to you guys. We're all writers in some way. Mm-hmm. Or we're all writers, period. But we've all had different experiences and um, are at different levels of writing. Roger is a professional screenwriter and has been for a long time. Uh, Danny, you're in school for it. I'm a novice. So. You're yes, you're a new guy. You're uh, you went. You're going to school for it, and you're doing some stuff on your own. Mm. And I 
am in a similar position. I went to school for it, and mm-hmm. now I'm writing stuff that's getting made by Connecticut filmmakers. So it's it's also new for me. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you guys about what inspires you to write for film. I'll start with you, Roger. Why film? Why not TV or books? I think that it's because when you're watching film or even TV nowadays, there's so much more that can be conveyed visually through a look. A character doesn't have to say every word, every line. Uh, Novels, books can go on and on and on, and it's Mm -hmm. hats off to anybody who can write a novel and do that. But I like the succinctness of um, film, how you've got to get to the point, how you only have so much time. It's a discipline. And I like the idea that so much can be conveyed in inflection of a voice and uh, a look, a nod, somebody looking away, uh, what people don't say. I kind of agree with what you're talking about. For example, like the movie Drive. The character, Mm -hmm. the main character Ryan Gosling plays, that he doesn't say anything, but you know exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Ray Donovan on uh, Showtime is another example of that. He's the star of the show and he has fewer lines than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have more tools in a visual medium. You engage more senses in film. There's mm-hmm. more engagement of the audience than just the reading of words. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what inspires you to write the topics or concepts that you write about? So what do you write about and why? I think when I'm sitting down to write, it's a lot more about the idea comes of, well, what if this happened? Mm-hmm. And then maybe not just the incident happening, but then trying to pick the perfect person that that would happen to. And that's interesting. I you know, wrote a screenplay about a guy who thinks he won the lottery, but didn't. Yeah. And well, what would happen? Um, so it's it's things like that. What if we could do this? What if somebody knew this and couldn't tell anybody? And then seeing what the ramifications of that are all the way through. Mm -hmm. And what does that say about us or people? In general, when you write, I know you've written, obviously, a lot more than what you've written for Connecticut Filmmakers. Actually, none of what you've written is for Connecticut Filmmakers. You happen to have written it and then brought it over. But (laughs) but, um, in your writing outside of that, do you feel like it's just the things you think about and want to express in your stories, it's much you feel it's easier to get across whether full length or short or whatever to do it in a comedic way i think i always have a sense of humor about things i think i I tried to write um uh, a a script i actually wrote the script called uh the trance where i had to keep taking the jokes and uh, wisecracks out of it because it was a psychological thriller about a guy who purposefully puts himself into comas and then tests his brain waves while he's in there mm. so that he can he wants to know whether or not when you're in a co- deep coma is there anything going on in there or not the reason for this is because his mother was on a machine and his father pulled the, pulled the plug on her and he always felt like well how how do you know mm-hmm. in a sense he's trying he's using himself as a ha- as a guinea pig mm-hmm. on this tampering with basically killing himself if he screws this up yeah. mm-hmm. and it was dark and um yeah. this is a guy who's on a, on a very serious mission and he doesn't think it's very funny so and i had to keep taking the jokes out because i think i just keep wanting to lighten the mood by yeah. telling a joke <laughs> yeah so it's kind of uh it, it's interesting I, I have to turn that off 
It's kind of like how you see the world, how you react to the world is like you tell jokes when things get serious. And like, yeah, I feel like that's you expressing that in your writing is kind of you expressing how you see the world. So. Right. And it's always got a sense of humor to it or whatever. Yeah. But um, you, there's a place for it. I mean, a lot of serious movies, scary movies like Seven has some laugh out loud moments mm-hmm. in it because you got to lighten the mood. It's real life. Because in real life, people people have to let off pe- steam. Yeah. yeah. So H- how about uh, the movie American Psycho though? That's a that uh, really dark movie, but know. that's that's a. I mean, it's funny though. I'd be hard it. pressed to think of where the funny moments are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Silence of the Lambs has. Oh it. yes, it does. Yeah. They, they just got those comedic moments that are so hilarious because yeah. they're in that context mm-hmm. of seriousness. So Danny, you and I talked about this. <laughs> He's getting his notes ready. You and I talked about this a little bit the other day, but what is the topic or concepts that you usually like to write about and why are you drawn to that? Well, I mean, the topics that I usually write about is um, crime. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want to write about it is because if you think about it, you don't really know. Like, say, for example, I'll give you a real life event. Uh, uh, when I was writing the offer, it's about uh, these four guys who decide to rob a drug dealer and everything goes wrong. When I was thinking about the idea for this story, I was watching the news and the news was talking about some guy wanted like he he robbed a drug dealer, but he tried to get away and died. Oh, and I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But I was when I was watching, I was thinking, wait, why did he do this, though? Like the news never presented. What was his reasoning for this? What was what happened? Why? Why did he go to such lengths just to steal money from this guy? Mm-hmm. And that that caught my interest. I was like. So that's what your movie explores. Kind of like, what's the reason? Why? Why? Who? Like, what lengths would you go to to do this type of thing? So you like to write about why good people do bad things. It's a to look inside the mind of of a, of a criminal, or look inside the mind of somebody that has to do something drastic for a certain reason. I mean, we don't think about it in the news. They don't tell you what what ha- what's their side or what's the other side. They only tell you one one thing. They're neutral about it. They only tell you the facts, but they they don't know what happened in that person's life to do that certain thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I w- I would want the audience to realize like why did this character do this thing? Why is this character going to great lengths just to get money? Like, what is the reason? Um, their daughter could be sick. Uh, they're losing their house in like about a couple of days. Uh, like different reasons. So you're trying to figure out how to humanize criminals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes criminals, they sometimes they just want to do bad stuff just to do bad stuff. Sometimes they, they're bored. Who knows? But most of the time is it's because there's a reason there. And, yeah. and it's it's a good reason sometimes. But sometimes it's a bad reason. You don't know. And so other stuff you've written has been about similar topics. Yeah. Um, there's another stuff I wrote. Um, well, I made the film called Repent, which basically was his high school kid lost a kid sister in a car crash. But then a couple months after the car crash, he started kind of remembering the car crash because he got hit in the head and forgot everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he started remembering the license plate of the person who hit him, and he started realizing, yeah, I'm going to get revenge. So because of that, he decided to get a gun, figure out how to shoot it, and then go after the guy. So you see, that's so a reason. So he's a good guy doing a bad thing basically. for revenge. Yeah, but then yeah. at the end of the film, he realizes that even though he kills, well, basically he kills a guy. Sorry for spoiling the film if you guys want to see Spoilers. it. Spoilers. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but. Cross that off my list. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he kills a guy, but then he realizes that even though he killed the guy, she's never going to come back. He's never going to have the same life he ever had ever again. And yeah. that's it. His life is over, basically. 
this this guy obviously that you wrote about wasn't a criminal initially. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a murderer initially. No. No. Clearly, he was a normal guy mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like in writing stories like that that you're exploring something that you feel is inside of everybody and that could be a possibility for everybody? Yeah, that and also everybody has a story. Everybody. Yeah, there's some dark stuff and some cloudy days that you got you might have, but mostly it's it's beautiful. How's it going? I'm Daniel Aguilar, Hispanic. <laughs> Hispanic. I got it, it. I got it. Don't worry. I believe you in you. you. I believe in you. Hi, I'm Daniel Aguilar from the Connecticut Filmmakers Workshop, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. I've got yeah. a friend I go out with, and um, he's he's a bit of a writer. He's a more of a singer-songwriter, but he dabbles in short stories and such, and Every time we get him drunk enough, he starts uh, hauling out his science fiction idea, nice. which by the time we've had four or five beers makes even less sense, <laughs> I think, when he's so- than when he's sober. So Nice. Yeah. But that's... I've probably heard about it 20 times now. <laughs> Maybe we should make and that. And I never tire of it, Colin. So, Roger, where do you get inspiration for what you're writing about? Do you do research? Do you get uh, ideas from your real life and take your own experiences or do you do research to find? I think it comes from anywhere. I, I, you can get um, uh, an idea from reading the newspaper, a little piece of something where you go, uh, like Danny was saying, uh, I wonder what else happened there and just start making it up. Mm-hmm. So there was there was that guy's story, but I'm just going to take that piece of it. Yeah. And, and, and go somewhere with it. Yeah. When you're in the process of writing a story and trying to get into a character or trying to get into a situation, do you do research for it or do you just kind of make up the world the way you feel like would I work? I think you do have to do some research. I did mm-hmm. a, a, a screenplay about um, there are um, seductresses in oh. <laughs> New York City, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles. wonder how you researched that. <laughs> so actually, they did, did, did not want to talk to you, but I had heard... Um, I think it was on the Howard Stern show. They were talking about it. No, it was, I'm sorry. It was an article in the New York Times. That makes me sound smarter. <laughs> and awesome. um, it was about um, the idea that if you're going to get married to somebody, you send a woman out to test the guy mm-hmm. and see if how he would react to a woman in a bar flirting openly with him. Oh, and a lot of times the women who would want this done have they have uh, money or their family has money or maybe they're just suspicious, jealous. Maybe they got burned once before. Um, And I thought about the kind of woman who would do this and what she might be like. And what if she was somebody who had been burned so badly before that she felt like she was going out there and saving a lot of people the same problem that she had but when you think about it what she's really doing is she likes the idea of going in somewhere and having somebody respond to her Mm. so in a way she comes off very confident but in a way she's not very confident yeah and what happens when she runs into a guy who ignores her Mm. and doesn't pay any attention to her what does that do because she's kind of prided herself on these guys are all pigs they will all succumb and then they don't, and then he's a great guy, and she starts liking him. Mm-hmm. And now what if 
how does she get a guy like that who already belongs to someone else unless you turn him into the guy that you hate? Interesting. So there's something that I got out of an idea that there's actually people who do this. this is a real business. They would not let you talk to them. I talked to one guy, and the next day they said, sorry, we can't cooperate with you. Oh. They did not want any attention drawn to what they do. So I had to make it up. How, does the, how do these places operate? What might it be like? What kind of people use it? In a way, I did as much research as I could and then made up the rest. Yeah. I think research is interesting, too, because yeah. you start, you have an idea, you say, well, I need to know more about this. And you learn some more, and then you learn enough so you can start writing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you should over-research. I think you should research to get inspired, start writing, and then you start noticing where you need more research. Mm. And your yeah. research can become more targeted. Well. I was thinking about like realism. Like, do you research for that too? Like, research to, to see to like make the world as real as it can. As, yeah, yeah exactly. as real as I think that's how you have to. That's the reason you do it. If you're writing a story about a cop, you don't have to research like every single thing what they do. Like, you don't have to research every single thing. But I think as Roger said, like enough to inspire you to understand, uh -huh. to understand what kind of uh -huh. the way that the world. Like right now, I'm working with Roger on finalizing a script called The Bond, which uh -huh. is about. Um, a soldier who's recently come back from Afghanistan or Iraq, it didn't really matter, who has severe PTSD and survivor's, survivor's guilt. There we go. Survivor's guilt. <laughs> and I'm not a soldier. Never been a soldier. I don't have survivor's guilt or PTSD. So to write something like that, I had to, I watched the top five best war movies out there that I felt would give me the best insight for that character and for the situation because I had no idea. Like, the story intrigued me. Mm -hmm. It came to me as a weird inspiration. Like, you said, like, just, you know, when you were washing dishes or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's not how it came to me, but it wasn't, like, something from my own life. I watched, like, five or six war movies. I didn't watch all of them. You know, I didn't... There's so much out there, but to scratch the surface and get kind of a... Um, a basic understanding and then bring your own understanding into it. Okay, now I, I kind of understand what you're saying. Now. Yeah, yeah, like there's so much information that you really can't take a hold of every single thing. There's just, no. yeah, like well, I get what you mean now. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Kind of related to what we talked about earlier before we take a break. When did you know you wanted to be a writer? I had a job in a liquor store and I had a lot of time on my hands because when the deliveries came in, I was really busy. And once I had put everything away and sorted everything out, I had full time on my hands and I could just kind of hide in the back. <laughs> and I went to the bookstore around the corner and picked up a Raymond Chandler book, a detective book, because it had Robert Mitchum on the front. And he was one of my favorite actors, one of my father's favorite actors. And I just opened it up to any page, and I just saw the way he wrote, the way the characters, all in the first person, you're all in the character, main detective's uh, Philip Marlowe's head, and the way he described things, and the way he saw the world was so unique, mm -hmm. and I just immediately bought the book, and went and read it, and went and back, got another one, got another one, and then I realized, that, like, I'm going to read everything this guy's written. He didn't write a ton. He probably wrote seven books mm -hmm. and he was already dead. So it's like that wow. sad feeling of this guy's never going to write anything again. But yeah. he's part of what spawned an entire, the film noir, yeah. uh, the lonely detective. There was a movie that actually reminds me of that uh, called Brick. Brick's a great movie. 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mm-hmm. first movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. A very a little independent movie, but the whole manner and style of it 1940s. reflects the film noir, mm-hmm. and they all talk like um, sly gangsters. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's a really good, you should watch very it. It's a well really done. good movie. Very well it's done. It's the guy who made uh, Looper and also Brothers Bloom, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same guy who made those yeah, movies? Ryan, Ryan Johnson does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's just really, really well done, and and that's what made me want to be a writer. And then I thought, well, I'm going to write books, and I thought, well, that's yeah. too, that's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized screenwriting is just as hard. But yeah. Yeah. that made me want to use the language. It made me. I went to school to be a writer. That's how I envisioned myself. But if you think about it, books are diff- are completely different from screenwriting, right? It's completely, completely different because different. Mm-hmm. you just you you know even anyone knows that uh, your screenplay ought to be about 110 pages. Or they're probably not going to read it. Yeah. Right. Well, a book can go on and on and on and on. So you got to like figure out what your idea is, yeah. get to it, explore it, and wrap it up. Yeah. And you can't yeah. waste any time because every page costs money. Mm-hmm. Every scene you write that's not necessary costs money. And you, and you got to rewrite it, rewrite it, and you got to get tight. And it's I enjoy Un- that unless you produce it though, unless you self produce, and then you're fine. But it, if someone else is producing the film, then you can't. Well, that's true, but even then, you have a limited budget, uh-huh. a limited amount of time. There's what you can and cannot do, yeah. and that's another discipline too. Just yeah. because you're the producer doesn't mean you're not beholden to a bunch of other people as well. Because you might be the boss, but you have actors under you. You have to deal with. You have crew. You, you know, it's like uh, filmmaking is not a solitary sport as writing is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> writing yeah, is generally a solitary sport. Until you go to edit or sell it or whatever. Right. I'll say Stephen King in his book uh, on writing. He I says, have that. write with the first, write your first draft with the door closed, closed and the second draft with the door open. Yeah. And it's basically the first one's for you. Do whatever you want. But then you realize you're going to have other people are going to read this. Mm-hmm. And you've got to start thinking about your audience and stop thinking about yourself. Yeah. So, any, anyway, why did you become? A writer. Why did you want to become a writer? Well, I wanted to write for film because my whole life I loved books. I've owned like hundreds and thousands of books and given them away and bought more and my bookshelf still filled and it's just ridiculous. And I, as a teenager, was at that ripe age when Twilight came out. Here we go. I've since realized the error of my adolescence. But at the time, I was at the prime age of their, you know, their target audience, and I was part of that craze of all the all the girls loving Twilight, and I'd read it a bunch of times. And when the movie came out, I was like, "Yes, like this is gonna, I'm gonna be able to see this story." And when I saw it, I was able to recognize as a 15 or 16 year old how shitty that movie was. <laughs> and it's shitty objectively as a movie, but it's even shittier as a translation of the book and I was like who could do this to a book how how, why would you do this and I'm sure everybody who has read a book and seen the movie adaptation there's always the it's a great movie but it's missing a lot from the book like everybody who loves Harry Potter says that you know they had to cut a whole bunch of stuff out but it's still great you know it's a great movie series as itself so was it more like I could do a better job it was I want to eventually become the person who could prevent this horrific act from ever happening again. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I need to put myself in a position and be the person 
who does write by these books. I went to school for English writing um, and learned how to write in a whole bunch of different types of mediums, you know, poetry, short stories, essays, whatever. But then I started studying film writing, and I was like, I love doing this. I love being able to take the story and put it on a page to with the intent to put it on a screen. Wait a minute. You wanted to become a writer so you could save the books from so becoming I shitty movies? Yes. That's exactly that's why. Right. Well, you, you better hurry up. <laughs> take a quick commercial break. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about writing for the Connecticut Filmmakers Workshop and what we're working on right now. So stick around. <laughs> 